Welcome to the Reconstructing Healthcare podcast, a show where we discuss what's wrong with healthcare and talk with innovative companies disrupting the health insurance marketplace. Join us as we explore strategies to help employers lower healthcare costs and build a better health plan. Now here's your host, Michael Maneri. Hello, this is Michael Maneri, and I want to welcome everyone to the Reconstructing Healthcare podcast. Today, our guest is Dave Gutman from First Stop Health. Dave, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So, so Dave, what we seek to do here on this show is educate our audience on non-traditional methods to lower their healthcare costs and improve value for their employees. Because quite frankly, the uh, traditional way of doing things really doesn't produce any meaningful change in an industry where, where higher healthcare costs are the status quo. So to get us started, I'm just going to read a brief bio about you uh, and First Stop Health so the audience has some context about who they're listening to. So David Gutman is the president of First Stop Health. He has led several early stage tech-based companies and has over 10 years of business-to-business and business-to-consumer experience. David was recently the senior vice president and general manager of Web Research Products Group for Cengage Learning. And prior to that, David was chief operating officer of High Beam Research. David has over 25 years of financial operating and technology experience in various capacities with companies from startups to the Fortune 500. David graduated from Brown University with a dual degree in computer science and organizational behavior and holds an MBA from the Wharton School of the University of Pennsylvania. All right, did that about uh, sum you up right there? That about covers it. Nothing else to know. <laughs> Dave, just to, to get us started, give us a little background about you know yourself and, and how you got into the healthcare space. Yeah, so um, Patrick Spain, who is the co-founder and CEO of Hoover's that was sold to Dun & Bradstreet, was also my CEO a few companies ago back at High Beam Research. Um, and I had basically run that company for him. And, uh, you know, he had uh, started First Stop Health in 2011. And, uh, you know, as my ex-boss, we'd have lunch from time to time and he'd sort of tell me what was going on. And I'd shake my head saying, that sounds like a tough business. <laughs> I don't think I'd want to be in the healthcare business. And uh, anyway, uh, I was wrapping up one of my, uh, one of my stints and uh, he said, well, you know, hey, maybe you could come take a look at our business model. He kind of knows that's kind of my thing. And, you know, see if there's something here you could help us with. And he was trying to get me half pregnant. So um, ultimately, I came in and, uh, and I actually saw that First Stop Health did have something unique, which we'll maybe talk about in a little bit. Yep. Um, and I thought that if we could, that there really was a huge opportunity that telemedicine, but for the fact that nobody uses it, really was a great benefit and really could, you know, do an awful lot. It just, you know, people just never use it. That's the problem. Uh, and so, I, you know, I basically agreed to come on and, uh, you know, it's been, it's been really exciting. It's been almost two years now uh, since I first, uh, almost, almost exactly two years since I first took a look at it. And it's been incredible. I mean, it, this business is, it's the first opportunity I've had where I really can see a path to 250 to $500 million, you know, opportunity, which, you know, that's unusual. So really, your, your path to healthcare is, I guess, unconventional from the standpoint that uh, it was unintentional. Completely unintentional. I think for Patrick as well. In fact, I think that's why we've solved the telemedicine problem differently. All the other players come from, you know, they look at the problem like an insurance company would, and we look at the problem like a services company. And so our entire business is predicated on a different, completely different set of assumptions about, you know, the delivery of uh, of services in general, it just happens to be healthcare in this case. Yeah. Well, I, I think a, a fresh perspective is probably what the, the healthcare industry needs. Talking about that, uh, I want to I start off a little bit more 
general before we get into the first stop health. You know, as you know, healthcare is uh, our healthcare system is is one that consumes more and more of our disposable income uh, year in and year out, which is essentially is making us poorer as a society. Um, there's a, a great Kaiser Family Foundation study which shows the increase to employees and their families their own out-of-pocket premium uh, expense over the last 17 years. And it's, it's essentially gone up 350%. That should be a clue to us all that something's not working right. So in your words, being relatively new to the industry, uh, two years in, I mean, what do you see as what's wrong with healthcare today? Well, you know, I think anytime you divorce the buying decision from the payment, you know, the, the whole system is just kind of ass backwards. And, you know, it, it's, you know, so let's say, you know, I'm over 50 and I have to get a colonoscopy and, you know, that's part of my preventative care. I don't care whether it costs, you know, $1,000 or $5,000 or, you know, a mammogram. You know, if I'm a woman, I'm, the mammogram could be 500 bucks or 3,000 um, you know, bucks. Why would I care? And so anytime you do things like that, um, you know, you're going to have, uh, you know, you're going to have problems. And I, and I think the other obviously huge factor is pharmaceuticals. Uh, it's around what, 25, 25, moving more towards 30, 35% of most companies spend. I, I think the average number I think I saw was something like $2,000 per year per employee, some crazy number. And, um, you know, when, when you have stuff like that happening, it's not too surprising that, that the, that the costs keep getting, it get, keeps getting worse every year. And really there's, it's so weird. There are so many companies, you know, claiming to do so many things and yet it's worse every year anyway. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And that, that's the irony of, of, you know, hearing, uh, you know, the a lot of the traditional players talk about all the things they're doing, but costs go up every year. So, I mean, the, the I would call it the question, the effectiveness of anything that they're doing today. I, I will say too, that there was, um, there was a woman that I met that runs benefits for um, for a county down in Florida. And she told me she had five years in a row of negative experience where her, her health care claims, you know, her, her health care costs had gone down for her population. I want to say it was around three or 4,000 people, five years running. And she told me how she did it. I mean, she basically basically said, I don't have a benefit consultant. Um, I don't have a, uh, uh, an insurance company. I basically piece, put the whole thing together myself. Um, she basically dismantled and reassembled you know, it from scratch. And the few success stories I've heard, it's either someone on their own doing that or a benefit consultant doing it for their client. Those are the only times I've heard it where they've really had to almost assemble something from scratch to really drive the cost down. And it's funny, that's, that's the name of this podcast. It's called Reconstructing Healthcare. And that is the notion. I mean, if you're going to build something better, you really have to take apart the, the system that we have today and start from scratch. So, all right, well, let's, you know, talk, speaking of starting from scratch, let's talk about your company because, sure. you know, you guys are fairly new to the marketplace and, and, you know, being around for a couple of years, but tell us what the First Stop Health product and service is and what, what problem you're attempting to solve. So, at First Stop Health, we call ourselves, we're a telemedicine company. I mean, it's, fundamentally, that's what we do. And it's episodic telemedicine. So it's the, the phone number you call when you have a sinus infection or an upper respiratory infection or pink eye or an earache, things like that. You know, about 65% of the things that you would go to an ER, urgent care, or your primary care physician for can be treated effectively through telemedicine. Our prescription rates are about the same, 65%. Our outcome you know, levels are about the same as face-to-face -face visits because you know, we treat a very small subset of things. And the thing about telemedicine that's interesting is there's very few benefits 
that if implemented properly, almost your entire employee population could use in a 12-month period of time. There just aren't many benefits that are like that. If you have an EAP program, that's going to appeal to a very small percentage of your population. Even a wellness program, you know, you're going to have a, a small subset of your population that's going to be really engaged in it. Uh, telemedicine is one of these few things that, that really can have fairly broad appeal. And because of that, what we, what we actually have sort of accidentally become is sort of an engagement company. I mean, that's really what we do. We use telemedicine as the tool by which we engage folks because we know it has broad appeal. Uh, but sort of our product strategy is to, you know, to get in, continue to layer things on top of it, things like price transparency um, and prescription benefits as a way to extract more costs. But so the, the thing that makes us fundamentally different is, uh, and you probably know this, but 85% of the telemedicine that's out there is embedded through the carrier. Mm-hmm. And, and embedded telemedicine gets about 1% utilization. But even when you get it direct from a, from a provider like a Teladoc or an MD Live, it gets around 7% utilization. Um, we're actually at 45% for all of 2016, and year to date, we're at 52%. So, you know, we have, you know, seven, eight times the industry average utilization. And, and the, the dirty secret in telemedicine that's interesting to me, um, you know, Teladoc will talk about, the two numbers I've heard them throw around is that the average telemedicine consult extracts $717 in cost, or 487 Those are the two numbers that have been bandied about. That's complete BS. I mean, if you squint really hard and you talk about things like downstream savings and um, lower absenteeism, which would be true for any telemedicine provider technically, um, but almost impossible to measure and certainly hard to quantify in any meaningful way, um, the real number, in my opinion, from we have a decent set of data, is $200. That's the real number. And so you can't be charging $550 a phone call if you're only extracting $200 in costs. That's right. So ultimately, that's really the fundamental issue, right? So um, we based our business model on $200, which is the real number. And so the difference between the $35 the doctor gets for the consult and the $200 is our profit and our client's return on investment. And so we'll actually go back and lower someone's price by some, you know, if they're our outlier and, you know, they're only at 23% or 25% utilization and they're not quite at break even, we'll actually lower their price because I shouldn't be getting paid if I'm not delivering value. And so that's sort of our fundamental pricing philosophy is I never want to charge more than I deliver in value. And I figure if I do that, I have a customer forever. What you just said there is so completely foreign in healthcare. I only want to get paid if I'm delivering value and being able to quantify and measure that. I mean, that, that is truly an innovative concept. Relative. That's, a scary, that's, that's a little scary. <laughs> it, it, it is. It is. Um, I, I want to give you a couple um, a couple stories because I think it'll it'll uh, you know serve our listeners well. One, um, I personally love telemedicine. I've used it a number of times, um, starting back in 2015. And I think I told you this story before. I was I just had our we just had our second child. And uh, I got this really bad, bad cold. And, you know, my wife basically kicked me out of the bedroom and said, you're sleeping <laughs> on the, so you're sleeping on the couch. I don't want you getting the baby sick. And uh, she didn't want me at home, you know, staying home from, from work because she didn't want to get the baby sick. So she's like, get out of here. So I was, <laughs> I was ex- exiled to the couch, then exiled to work. And then at work, everyone's just like, oh, my God, stay away from me. So I was then exiled into my office. Um, and, you know, a couple people were like, you should go see a doctor. And, you know, it was just busy and a lot of stuff going on. I don't have time to go to the doctor. Uh, and finally, somebody's like, hey, you should use that, that thing that we have on our phone, right? That, that telemedicine thing. Right. And, and uh, I used it. I was able to connect with the provider. They diagnosed me. 
um, sent a script to the pharmacy and it was, it was super easy. I picked it up on the way home and I was better in a couple of days. Um, since then, you know, we've used it probably six times, including, you know, with, uh, with my, my little girl when she had pink eye. Right. And I, I think once people figure it out, I mean, the, the adoption rate has got to be high. The problem is, and I think this is what you've talked about, the traditional vendors today, they have, they're, they're horrible at engagement anyways. Right. And they're just not reaching a lot of people. Um, so I want to talk a little bit more um, about, you know, your, your strategy for getting those participation results. But I also want to go back to, to what you just talked about with regard to the cost. Um, and this is a, an actual tangible example with a client. They are, um, uh, they're self-funded, about 700 employees on a, on a PPO. And a couple of years ago, they implemented uh, telemedicine um, with one of the, uh, we'll call them the um, better known names in the marketplace. Sure. Since inception, the utilization rate has been under 2%. If you take what they've spent over that time period and divided it by the number of visits, that's about an average cost of $1,200 per call. Yep. <laughs> You're the only person who's ever done that math besides me. <laughs> I, well, and, and, you know, this is, this is a group that has a, uh, it's a public entity and, and they've got a labor management committee. And, right. you know, we're, we're, we're talking about, you know, this to their employees. And they're like, why are we, if it's not, if we're spending $1,200 per call, why do we have this? Right. Well, and you know, the other thing that's, that, that's almost as bad, maybe not quite as bad, but almost as bad Let's say that you have an embedded solution, okay, that really isn't really costing you anything, right? You're not paying an additional premium to, you know, Aetna or United or whomever your carrier is, but your employee's paying, you know, $40 every time they get a consultation, let's just say. So technically, that actually has a positive ROI, but who cares? In a thousand-person company, you're going to get 10 phone calls a year. It doesn't matter. And so that's sort of the hidden cost is that should have saved the company two or three hundred thousand dollars. And instead, it saved them 40, <laughs> you know, or 200 or whatever the number works out to. Right. You know, and right. so it's the difference between a few hundred dollars in savings and a few hundred thousand dollars in savings. That's the real opportunity. You know, that's the, 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 the real loss there. And if you're you know, if you think about it, um, it makes sense that the carriers would include a telemedicine benefit for free. Because if the claims get extracted, they make less money. So, so, the, tel- so the carriers have a vested interest in, the, in providing a telemedicine provi- solution that nobody uses. That's, that actually benefits them. You know, if, if, if they get a third-party vendor like us that drives 50% utilization, that actually takes money out of their pocket. They don't want that. So expand on that a little bit just for our audience, how driving down utilization would take down money out of their pocket. Yeah. So, so if, you know, if, if I'm a carrier, you know, generally I'm getting paid for every claim, you know, based on the claim dollars and for every claim processed. So the less claim dollars that run through the system and we're totally outside the system. So we're taking both the number of claims and the claim dollars out of the system. So that's taking money out of the carrier's pocket. So now while the carrier will get paid a little bit less money on a telemedicine consult, if it's embedded, right? You know, one of their solutions. Also, they'll get paid, you know, 70 bucks instead of 120 bucks or whatever the number is, but it's still getting run through as a claim. And since it's only getting 1% utilization, you know, it makes perfect sense that they're all providing a solution. And quite frankly, that's the only time we really never lose to Teladoc. We just don't. We lose to people doing nothing. We lose to them basically just, you know, oh, we have have that embedded in our carrier. That's fine. Um, you know, and it's, so it takes the more sophisticated benefit consultant and the more sophisticated, you know, head of HR or CFO, obviously CFOs love us, um, to really understand, Oh, wait a second. I'm always playing with house money. 
because uh, that's the one thing that I didn't mention is, you know, in break-even utilization is around 27 or 28 mm-hmm. percent. So, um, you know, below that, you're, you know, you're, you're losing money. So we actually provide a contractual savings guarantee. We guarantee that our benefit will save more money in diverted visits than it costs, so we'll refund the difference. It doesn't happen often. In fact, we have zero customers, zero below 20% utilization. I, I want to talk about the, the financial guarantee in a little bit because it's unique, but let's, let's talk about that utilization and how we're getting there. Sure. So if I think about a, um, just a regular either embedded benefit um, or, or even when it's not embedded, right? So you have you know, a typical employer who will go through open enrollment and they'll have their open enrollment materials. And maybe there's a, a one-page PDF on the telemedicine benefit. And maybe there's an email that goes out you know, to employees talking about the new telemedicine benefit. To be honest, in probably 90% of employers, that's probably where it stops. So, so what are you guys doing to to really drive engagement and, and participation? Yeah. So it's a couple of things. Um, and I'll, be, I'll say it up front. All of our competitors could absolutely do the same things we're doing. They just won't. Um, really, all we do is we simply... So I would say about 75% of our engagement approach is the same client to client. The other 25%, which is really where we get the lift, is customized. So everything from, you know, the small things like do you refer to, refer to your employees as employees or you know, members or whatever, you know, how, you, how do you talk to folks? Because I mean, we have everything from trucking companies, Indian tribes, and law firms and everything in between. And our utilization is high across the board. It's not like only in certain groups. Sure. In fact, we, we've done a detailed analysis. The only thing that seems to skew the number higher in utilization is the percent of the population that's female. So uh, you know, uh, a, a more a high, higher female population will have higher utilization than if it's a higher male population. That's the only thing we've been able to find any correlation in. But the other stuff is customized. So that 25%, so I'll give a couple of examples. Um, we had a, a manufacturing uh, firm, seven locations, like 15% email penetration. And uh, while it's true, we got them from under 1% utilization with the embedded solution to about 22% with us, they still weren't quite at break even. So how we got them over the top was we did a postcard and call campaign with the client's permission, of course. Mm-hmm. So we sent a postcard to anyone who had never done a consultation. And then we had, we had a, 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 a group of call, a call center that we trained, basically called every single person at home, welcomed them to the benefit that, you know, that the employer was paying for on their behalf and made sure that they had our toll-free number. And that did the trick. And the nice thing about it is the cost of any of that additional, whether it's mailings or whatever the costs are to get that engagement, is 100% on us. We're a PEPM only solution. So, um, so because my whole philosophy is I'm okay to be a little bit less profitable in year one. If I can get you over 40% utilization, you're not going anywhere. So, you know, pay a little bit more for the doctor consults, pay a little bit more for the engagement. It makes sense in the longer term relationship. So, um, so, you know, so those are the kinds of things that we do. We have another large client actually that this is one that's actually coming on board five one and um, they are like super gung ho about getting utilization. They have 2,500 company issued phones. We're going to do an SMS campaign, um, you know, to, awesome. to 2,500 phones. I guarantee our utilization is going to be through the roof with them. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, the, the nice thing is our goals and the client's goals are aligned. They want utilization because it saves them money if they're self-funded. I want utilization because if they don't get utilization, I have to write them a check. So everyone right. wants the same thing. I love it. Now, um, it's a PEPM model. And so, T- talk to me a little bit about how that's different f- 
from the user perspective as far as incentives go? Sure. So um, it's interesting because people mistakenly think that people are going to overuse it and that, um, you know, that's the last problem people have. That utilization is so low. So because it's PEPM only and there's no co-payer consultation fee, you know, that takes the pricing friction, the cost friction out of the equation for the employee. It costs the employee zero. And because here's the thing, while telemedicine is embedded in about 80% of employers in the U.S. right now, less than 1% of Americans have ever done a consultation. So that means you have to change behavior. And changing behavior is difficult, time-consuming, and costly. And so if you have a co-payer consultation fee, you're going to crush your utilization. So not having, you know, having a PEPM-only model you know, makes a lot of sense. So really all we've done is build the copay, if you will, into the PEPM. Our PEPM is generally higher than our competition. Um, but again, you're always playing with house money, so it's okay. But, but ultimately, we're taking that pricing friction out. Three to five years down the road, when it's much more common, we might introduce a small copay as the way to have a little bit of cost sharing. But for right now, when we're trying to change behavior, it doesn't make any sense. That, 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 that totally makes sense. And when you say you're playing with house money, you're referring to the fact that you, know, you are reducing you know, what would otherwise be expensive utilization or, or rather inefficient utilization to emergency rooms, urgent cares, and you know, physical um, office visits versus the, you know, the, the cost of diverting employees to, you know, your telemedicine solution. That's right. If you're self-funded, I mean, you're going to realize real cash savings in the first month we go live. It's not like it's something you, re- you know, recognize at the end of the year. One of the other things that we do whenever we're in a competitive situation um, is we do what we call a price match so that they're really playing with house money. And so what that does is, um, so if we take a group that say it's over a thousand um, our initial PEPM price will be $1.75, which is about the lowest PEPM only price you can find in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. It's actually probably a little bit lower. $2 really is generally the lowest price, but we're at $1.75 as our initial price until we get above 15% utilization. And then when it tears up at 15, 20, 25, now we always get there in the first month, 100% of the time. So it's a zero concession really, but it's a way for us to get around people getting sticker shock, oh, your price is twice as high as Teladoc's. No, no, that's fine. We'll actually go lower than Teladoc until you're playing with house money. We get utilization well in excess of break-even. Um, and, then, and then that way you're only paying for the value you get. And so our price match protects them on the front end and the savings guarantee protects them on the back end. And again, it goes back to our pricing philosophy, which is if I know if I deliver more value than I cost, so that someone, so some CFO is not doing the calculation that you did and saying, holy crap, $1,200 per call, get rid of this thing. Anyone doing that math on our, on our stuff's like, this is great. So, yeah. you know, it, it makes a lot of sense. Let me repeat what you just said, because really that's, that's really a risk reduction strategy for the employer. You know, right. your, your, your cost is, if I recall, is, is going to be around four dollars yeah, so groups over a thousand, it's four forty-five. That's correct. Yeah, four four forty-five. If you're okay. over a thousand, yeah, got it. But in order to, you know, if somebody's, you know, used to this uh, embedded cost with the copay, right? They're like, well, hey, you know, my current telemedicine vendor's two bucks per employee right. per month. So, so you're over, you know, two hundred percent, you know, higher. So basically, what you would say is, all right, well, we'll go down there, and as we divert, you know, people to you know, the telemedicine away from higher cost services, you know, and you see those savings, you know, we will gradually bump you up to our, you know, regular standard fee as you've realized those savings. That's how it works. 
But basically, I mean, you know, and I'm usually very transparent with them. I mean, I always am in that I, I tell them I'm frank with them up front. I'm like, it's going to happen in the first month. It's not going to take me three or six <laughs> months to get there. So budget, budget 445, because that's what you're going to be paying. But know that it's going to be with house money. It's going to be that 445 is nothing because I'm going to end up saving you more. Like, get this, our average ROI across our entire book of business is 73%. Mm-hmm. Okay, that means if the benefit costs ten grand, we generated over seventeen thousand dollars in savings. So on average, I'm going to make you that you're going to pay me that four, you know, that four forty-five. I'm going to give you another three bucks or so in your pocket that you can use on other benefits. Yeah, I mean, I guess another way to look at it is is to just look at it in in aggregate numbers, right? So, you know, about four fifty, and say you have a thousand, you know, employees, right? So that's four thousand five hundred times twelve months. Okay, right. so so you know, I mean, they're going to pay a little over fifty thousand dollars. But, but essentially, the value proposition here is we will save you in excess of that or you get money back. That's right. So it's a zero risk benefit. I mean, that really is. I mean, in fact, I, we, we say, you know, high impact, no hassle, no risk. Uh, and no hassle because we do all the heavy lifting, you know, in terms of the communication. And that's, I guess I didn't really, you know, really finish my thought there. You know, the other big thing that we do is we do all the work for the engagement. We do 12 touches in the first 90 days. Um, and, and, and we do all the work and even that po- postcard and phone call campaign, other than the benefit consultant or the HR executive approving what we're going to do, um, they don't lift a finger to do any of the execution. And so, you know, cause look at the end of the day, HR staffs in general are, you know, they're understaffed generally. Yeah. Um, and the benefit yeah. consultant, you know, they've got much bigger fish to fry. They're dealing with, you know, plan redesigns and I mean, much, much bigger challenges than telemedicine is one that they don't want to add one more thing to their plate and we do all the work. I think that's a good point. I mean, there's the, there's the cost friction, right, which would potentially um, discourage somebody from doing this. But there's also the actual work that an HR team would have to do to, to go out and educate their population. So, so you're actually removing two types of friction, you know, cost as well as the, the, the lift, so to speak, from <clears throat> the benefits team. So there's actually one third point of friction that, believe it or not, is – I think the biggest factor of the three, actually not the engagement's close. Doing the heavy lifting is pretty close. And that is um, we don't require people to literally do anything before they call us. Now they can, we get a census enrollment file like most other providers. um, And when people call, if they've never, if they didn't pre-register, which they can, um, you know, they just, they validate themselves based on their name, date of birth and home address, which every single person knows. And then we basically do all of it online over the phone. So now, again, it costs us more money to do that. It probably costs us an extra five bucks for every person that we, you know, in essence, register that way versus, you know, through the, through the web. Um, but again, I'm trying to take that friction out. We've actually done focus groups and surveys, and they always say the same thing. When I'm sick, I don't want to mess with it. And when I'm not sick, I don't want to mess with it. Um, if you're trying to get the people to change their behavior and talk to a doctor over the phone, which they've never done before in almost every case, you, you have to take as much friction out of this process as you can. And that sign up, 85% of our initial consultations don't pre-register. My opinion is the vast majority of them never would have done a consult if they had to jump through even a single hoop. And you're right. In the, in the other models, you, do have to go, you have to go to a website, you have to uh, load your insurance information, your address, uh, you have to load uh, your, your closest pharmacy, and it's about five minutes of stuff to do right. uh, before you actually get to see the person. So, um, yeah, I would imagine that that would discourage some for sure. Well, I, I, so it turns out, believe it or not, uh, embedded in our Aetna health insurance is Teladoc. So I actually signed up for Teladoc uh, through the phone. I wanted to do it through the phone, see how long it took. It took 
45 minutes. 45 yeah. minutes before yeah, it was yeah. all said and done. Yeah, so oh, pick a username. Oh, D. Gutman. Oh, that one's taken. Uh, D.R. Gutman. Oh, that one's taken. Uh, okay, D.R. Gutman 27. <laughs> you know, and, and uh, you know, my credit card and my, my allergies and my, you know, on and on and on and all that. And then I wait for a callback. So for us, um, you're usually talking to a doctor in under five minutes, and this average is closer to 15. Yeah. And you have a prescription in your hand in under an hour. That's about as good as getting six ever going to get. Pretty much. Yeah. I, I, I would agree. Um, so let's, let's talk about, um, we've talked about a lot so far, but as far as the, um, you know, employee experience goes, you know, they're, they're calling in and talking to probably somebody who's, who's triaging them, correct? It's, they're not calling right into a position. Yeah. So if they, if they initiate the consult through their phone or online, it, the doctor just calls them directly. Um, but if they call the toll free number, they talk to an intake specialist that basically just verifies who they are, yeah. verifies the callback number they want to get called at, takes their symptoms, things like that. And then the other really important question that they, that they get on the call, that I'll talk about in a second, is they ask them what they would have done if they didn't contact us. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then, and once they hang up, it's again, you averaging about three minutes, right? At the moment, you'll be called back from a doctor. Our system basically connects, you know, their phones without swapping caller ID. So that way you don't have to worry about uh, doctor's uh, number being on speed dial. But so, but anyway, so that's generally the experience is a real quick two, three minute phone call. Uh, if it's not their first time, if it's their first time, it adds about three minutes to the call. Uh, and then they're talking to a doctor usually in under five minutes. Amazing. And then are all the physicians able to, um, distribute prescriptions yes yeah so that's the you know some of the other ones they want to triage with nurses and then only escalate it up if it's if a prescription is warranted again we don't want people to jump through hoops the cost differential really isn't that significant so everyone talks to a doctor that's licensed mm-hmm. in their state so they can get a prescription and if you're traveling you know so I actually use this. I was traveling in Arizona. So I got an Arizona doctor and got my prescription filled there. Um, you know, they even found a pharmacy that was close to my hotel because I had no idea what the closest pharmacy was. Um, you know, so it's a godsend if you're traveling. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we, we've talked about cost. Is there, are there any implementation fees? Um, like I said, when I say we're PEPM only, like literally that's the only thing you ever pay us. There's no fees. Some other folks charge for mailings. They charge for, you know, registration, stuff like that. Nothing. Just PEPM only. You alluded to return on investment. You know, in general, right. what are you seeing across your book? Yeah. So 73% was the number for 2016, you know, across our entire book of business. Uh, obviously because of our savings guarantee, no one had a negative ROI. Uh, our, we had ROIs as high as unfortunately <laughs> 300%. <laughs> 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 um, but generally, you know, it's a, it's a bell curve like any that pretty steep bell curve, like anything else. The vast majority of our clients are between 30 and 60% utilization. And that's, you know, that's where we think people should be when it's being used, you know, I'll say appropriately. And, uh, you know, and then the savings are around 70, you know, between 70 and 80% uh, at that level. Love it. And let, me, let me just for a second talk about how we measure the ROI because I think it's important. Yeah. Um, because a lot of folks use averages, okay. you know, average savings or, you know, average percentage of ER visits or average. We don't use any averages for anything. So people self-report what they would have done when they initiate the consult. And we're the only telemedicine company that does this. We review 100% of the consultations partially to determine the outcome. So if you said you were going to go to urgent care and our doctor said, oh, you know what? You need a strep test. You need to go to urgent care. Uh, we didn't save you anything. But if you, know, you said you were going to go to urgent care, we diagnosed and treated you, got you a prescription. You didn't go to urgent care. We saved you the cost of that urgent care visit. The sum total of those diverted visits calculated that way basically has to be greater than the cost or we'll refund the difference. Got it. 
So, so I mean, it, it truly is, you know, diverted, you know, higher cost, you know, healthcare experiences. That's right. In fact, one of our clients, um, actually, I should say they're benefit consultants. Uh, they were worried. Uh, first, they thought we were lying about how many uh, consults we did. So we had to sign a BAA with the broker to prove that we weren't lying because <laughs> we did. We, we had done 85% as many consults in one month as they'd done for the whole year before. So they just thought there's no way that could be true. Right. Um, and then after that, they said, well, we think people are just overusing it and they're just, they're going to the doctor the next day anyway. And so you really didn't really save us anything. So they actually did a six month analysis where they looked at, I forget what the term is, but likelihood to go back to the doctor. So like, so if I go to urgent care for yeah. you know, respiratory infection, it might or might not fix my problem, right? I might go back again, 10% of the time, maybe I go back. So sure. basically the return rates for us were identical to the return rates for face-to-face visits. So basically they proved that there was no, they weren't overusing it. They were, we really were diverting costs. So as far as um, who you think this is a good fit for, I mean, obviously this, you know, you have to be self-insured to be able to plug this in. Is there anyone who this isn't a good fit for? I mean, if you're, if you're fully insured, you know, so a smaller company, 110 people, maybe you're, you're fully, you know, fully insured. Um, it's only, it only makes sense if you're, if you're looking at some of the other things, right? So it is going to save money for your employees because they're going to have, they're going to avoid a, a copay and stuff like that. So if you're interested in saving your employees some money, that's, you know, useful. Um, and, you know, you do have l- lower, softer things like lower absenteeism and stuff like that. Because um, even if they're not sick, if their kid's sick, maybe they have to take the day off to take their kid to, you know, to the doctor. So, um, so some of those things matter. I will say the one way I've seen it used in smaller groups that I thought was interesting was if a company was going to introduce a high deductible health plan, which was going to cost the employer less, because let's say they're going to pay half no matter which plan you pick. Sure. They would, they would say, well, if you pick a high deductible health plan, we'll give you free telemedicine. So bundle oh. telemedicine with the high deductible health plan is because, you know, it's a nice, it's a nice pair because, you know, it's like, well, maybe I'm okay with a $5,000 deductible if I know I can get 65% of my stuff handled without it costing me anything other than the prescription. Yeah. I think, I think that's actually a pretty creative way to, to do it is, you know, even if it's insured, you know, pair it with, you know, that fully insured HSA. Yeah. You have to be a little bit more, uh, forward thinking, I think to, to get there. Because by the way, it's only about probably like six to 8% of our clients are fully insured. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so let's see, we've, we've covered a lot. Um, you know, you mentioned that, you know, there's no specific sector where you guys are having, you know, the most of your success. It's really across the board. Are there any other things that you're really excited about in your business right now? Any future improvements that you're working on that would be interested to our, interesting to our listeners? Yeah, there's three things that, uh, that I'm really excited about. So one is we're going to start offering price transparency uh, probably in the third quarter. Um, again, so that same toll-free number that you called for your sinus infection, mm-hmm. you can call and say, hey, I need to get an MRI. Here's my zip code. That's it. You don't do anything else. So unlike any of the other transparency tools that require you to you know, username and password and you know, learn a really opaque tool and yada, 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 we take all that friction out just like we did for telemedicine. I'm predicting that we're going to have utilization in the 8 to 12% range versus 1%, which is what it generally sees. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanna, I'm, it's going to be nice to have some real data behind that. So I'm excited about that. Um, we've been being asked for it by a lot from a lot of our, uh, you know, a lot of our clients and prospects. The other two things we're going to add, um, we're actually going to be partnering with a company uh, called RX Valet. 
Okay. And what they do is they basically fill the prescription, you know, and pay for the prescription through the back end. So unlike some of the other prescription cards where you think this is the price you're going to get, you look it up online and maybe that's the price you pay when you get there. Maybe it's not, maybe they recognize it. Maybe they don't. Um, this one, it's guaranteed any retail pharmacy. You basically just show your ID card. It has an essence of zero copay and you've in essence paid through RX valet. But the thing we're doing that I think is really clever is, um, for for folks that want this feature, part of when they give us their census file, they're going to give us the generic and non-generic copay amounts. Mm-hmm. And if and only if RX valet price is less by a set amount of money, and we can let the client set that by client. So let's say a client says, well, I only want um, people to be given the link to the RX valet if it's $5 or more in savings. So we'll actually, because we send a text message when, when someone's prescription has been sent to the pharmacy, mm-hmm. we're just going to add to the tail end of that you'll save $9.27 if you buy it through RX Valet. Here's a link to download the app. So we're only going to, in a contextually relevant way, provide them a way to save additional money. And we're not going to charge for it. We're just going to add it to our ROI story. Got it. And so that's interesting. Um, now, how would, how would you guys know whether the actual, not the copay, but the cost of the drug is going to be less than the cost of the drug through the incumbent PBM? Yeah. So basically, I know I'm I'm told um, what their copay is going to be for that drug. Mm-hmm. So it's a generic or it's a non-generic drug. Yeah. So I know what they're going to pay, and then I know how much RX Valet's price is because I have their complete price sheeted in my database. So I just am doing a comparison in real time at the time the prescription is being written or you know or sent electronically. I'm doing a real time comparison, and I'm only adding the link if it's less by a set amount of money. I see. So what, what you guys would be doing is verifying with the pharmacy what the cost of that medication would be that the person would, and then you can just do a quick check. Hey, let me see if it's less through this, yep. uh, you know. Okay. I like that. Um, and then the last thing we're doing, we're actually piloting it with three of our bigger clients right now, um, is a backend claims uh, analysis tool to allow us to be able to do what we call data-driven engagement. Um, we'll be able to do more than just that, but initially we're going to do data-driven engagement. So, for instance, with a one-month lag, we'll know who went to the, you know, who went to the urgent care or the ER or whatever last month for things that we could have for the ICD-9 or ICD-10 codes we treat. Based on the facility codes and ICD-9 and 10 codes, we're basically going to do messaging to those folks, not in a creepy big, big brother way, like we know that on March 6th at 2.03 p.m. you went you know, right. for an upper respiratory infection, but in a generic way. Uh, hey, did you know that you could avoid your copay by, you know, for these five types of things um, and not go to the ER or go to urgent care? Uh, so we're going to do messaging based on real, relatively recent data as a way to help drive engagement up. Um, now, this will only be applicable for folks that have decent email penetration, but most of our clients do. Yeah. Okay. That's great. That's great. I mean, I see as a real gap in the current marketplace, well, especially with the traditional network vendors. The, the, a gap in the ability or the desire to steer people to the most cost-effective, best value option. Well, and the other thing it's going to allow us to do is we'll be able to quantify up front the totality of things that we could have solved in the last 12 months and what, how much of that we actually captured. Because we've never actually had that data. So this will be really useful. So I'll be able to look at a you know, thousand-person company. I'll be able to look at the data and say, oh, last year we could have saved you if we got 100% of all the things we treat, and we treated 100% of them, the total was $520,000 or whatever the number was. Right, we know right. exactly how much of that we captured and what, you know, where we have room to improve. Gosh, we've talked about a lot. If there was one question that I should have asked you that I didn't, what would it be? 
What keeps me up at night? All right. What keeps you up at night? You know, the only thing, the only thing that bothers me is it's such an irrational system is that, you know, irrational rules or laws get placed. Um, now, it looks like telemedicine is, um, is out of the woods in terms of, I think Arkansas is the only state, I know Arkansas is the only state left where you can't do telemedicine. But, you know, you know, putting rules in place, like, well, you can only do telemedicine if you have a nurse in the room with you or something like that, which obviously you're not going to do at two in the morning, you know, in your living room right. um, or your daughter's bedroom or whatever it might be. So, um, so that's the only thing is, you know, something that's totally outside of our control because the things that are in our control you know, have me super bullish on our business. So that's the only thing that ever, uh, ever worries me. Okay. All right. That's, uh, you know, the, the federal government and <laughs> right. their ability to overcomplicate our lives. Um, exactly. so, uh, how can people interested in your product get to know more about, uh, first off health other than obviously, you know, working with the broker consultant? Yeah, we, we, we work almost, we really work exclusively to benefits consultants. So, you know, have your benefit consultant reach out to us. You can also go to our website. We have things like uh, a telemedicine buyer's guide that you can download. That's pretty thoughtful about a lot of the things we talked about here today and give examples and quantify things in a little bit more concrete way. Um, so that's a, just a good way to educate yourself so that when you're out there and you're, evaluating opportunity, you know, evaluating vendors, you really can make an informed decision because it's, it's, it's easy to take the path of least resistance. And, um, you know, in when costs are just so insane and just getting worse every year, this is one of these areas where you just, you can't afford to not put in place the things that make sense. Yeah. And I think you guys have a, a, a couple of good case studies that I'm not sure if it's on the website or if I'm we do, you know, we have, we have a handful, we have a handful, we call them spotlights. We have a few of them on the website as well. Um, which you can download and um, uh, and you know tell you how to contact us and uh, we're always happy to talk about uh, talk about ourselves. All right, hey Dave, uh, this has been uh, great. Really appreciate you joining us. And so, um, on behalf of our listeners and myself, thank you for taking time out of your your schedule to be here. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it, Mike. Thanks for listening to this episode of Reconstructing Healthcare. If you like what you heard here, please do subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Google Play, so you never miss an episode. If you're interested in continuing the conversation, please visit us at www.reconstructinghealthcare.com where you can access the show notes for this episode and links to First Stop Health's website and contact information. Lastly, be sure to check out some of the free resources on our website, including our Health Plan Innovator Scorecard, where you can see just how innovative your health plan is. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on the Reconstructing Healthcare Podcast.